And now, the starting lineup for Inside Slam. At guard, number 11, from the University of Iowa, standing 4 feet 26 inches, it's the man with the smoothest voice in the commentary box, Mr. Magic, Steve Confino. And at small forward, number 6, standing, well, sometimes because he prefers to sit, Mr. Stats himself, Evan Goldback. This is Inside Slam. Are you doing your your sexy, very wide voice? <laughs> Whatever you want, baby, I got baby. I'm hot just like an oven. Oh, you're doing I your inner Marvin. <laughs> oh man, I hope. I don't- Lee's not going to report recording this. <laughs> I don't know if Lee, Lee is just laughing. This is, it's, it's, it's actually, oh, I'm, right, I'm already sweating. This is, this, man, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just Steve's red shirt. No, I make you nervous. You, may, <laughs> you do make me nervous. Uh, hello, guys, and welcome to another week of Inside Slam. This is Evan Goldback. Once again, sitting next to the main man, Steve Carfino. What up? He's back in the building. Uh, Steve, there's a lot to talk about this week. So, guys, just so you know what's coming up on the show, we'd like to give you a little preview. We're going to talk Giannis versus Harden to two MVPs going back and forth uh, with their jibing and their tweeting. And, yeah, it's been really, really interesting to follow. The Houston Rockets, we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive on them. They've been on fire lately, Russell Westbrook has been proving a lot of people wrong, including yours truly. Uh, We've got Aussie Hoops coming up, which is brought to you by the Pick and Roll. We're going to get into that basically straight away because the NBL has been on fire. Talk about C Incredible. It's been an amazing week in 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 the NBL with the finals happening. And then later on the show, we're going to be talking about Man of Many, our Man of the Week. And also, Who Am I? And a little bit of uh, pop culture, our best sporting movies. So our new segment, Aussie Hoops, is brought to you by The Pick and Roll. These folks are all about Aussie Hoops and have been producing quality content for six years. From our men in the NBA like Paddy Mills and Joe Ingles to Liz Cambage in the WNBA, Europe, WNBL, NBL, and upcoming junior prospects. Make sure you stay on top of their content as the NBL postseason comes to a close. And especially with the national teams, the Boomer Asia Cup qualifiers in the lead up to the Tokyo Olympics, where Australia hopes to medal. They've also got an online store, so fans of Australian basketball get all their stuff from pickandroll.com.au and go grab some merch at shop.pickandroll.com dot com dot au today use promo code go boomers for a discount on all their gear upon checkout steve obviously good to see you again my man but um the nbl talk about a an amazing uh little line uh i mean they've, they've come up with this line at the beginning of the year called see incredible it's been incredible in the finals yeah i mean the toughest thing is the back that slogan up yeah. With the play. And this year's competition really has done that. You know, I know the Kings have led from start to finish, but there have been a number of teams get hot through this competition there. You know, Adelaide got hot for a little while. Obviously, the Perth Wildcats started off slow, but then really got themselves going. Cairns has been the team. I mean, they they can play. They've got some guys that just – and they're coached well. Mike Kelly's done a great job with them. I mean, you can go all the way across the board – you know, Lamella Ball being over here and and balling out, triple doubling, and so the slogan really fits. And you know, like I thought, how corny at first, but then they were saying it so often with some great highlights, backed up with some great highlights. It's been a great thing. It's almost gone to another level in the finals. I mean, let's be totally honest. Bryce Cotton saved Perth in the first game. Can should have the series should be over. Can should already be in the final. Bryce Cotton came up with an MVP performance to bring him back into the game. They took it down in overtime, but Cairns, obviously, they had that belief that they could win, and then they got the business done in Cairns, and then very similarly, the Kings got really lucky with a little late uh, fourth quarter collapse by Melbourne, and what I saw last night, even, it was incredible. I've never seen a team get beat up so bad. Like, I'm I'm a Kings fan. I'm born in Sydney. I'm a Kings fan. It was embarrassing last night. I would be embarrassed if I was a Sydney Kings player. 
Of course, you know, like um, I think the the worst loss in the playoff comes into the 1989 Sydney Kings team that I played on. We lost to the Canberra Cannons in game three of the semifinal by 60. Did you? Yes. And then the same day, the Perth Wildcats lost to North Melbourne by 55. It was the, the weirdest thing. It was the weirdest thing. It was the third, both series went to three games and that was the final. So you, okay, you've been in a game like that. What what goes wrong? Is it just a spiral effect where it just, you know, you just can't get anything going, shots are missing, they're hitting everything. I mean, what happens? Surely there's, I mean, and we were talking about it before we went on air about the lack of adjustments that the Kings made. But, yeah, I mean, what can you do in that situation? And that's the reason that I brought it up because I know exactly what it feels like. I know um, it's just like a, a, a helpless hopelessness that you just can't do anything about. And I think it's it was important for me to say so because I am going to say some things that are very very critical of the Sydney Kings, you know. And I feel like I can say it because I've been through it. So I'm not judging. I'm not judging their character. I'm not ambushing anybody. And We're saying, judging them on one on the game. I'm judging yeah. them on that one game. Yeah. And I think they have played poorly for quite some time now. They were ten and one, just rolling along. Teams have made adjustments. Like for one, every time. Andrew Andrew Bogut is guarding somebody. That's the guy that opponents use in the pick and roll because he refuses to go out and defend the pick and roll. And so we're getting exploited. The guards like Melo Trimble are turning the corner, coming downhill faster than it'd be a steep downgrade at the pace these guys are coming. And it's impossible to guard somebody coming at you that fast. You're backpedaling, that person's coming full steam. And so the, the Kings haven't, made any kind of adjustment. They've said, okay, well, we're going to pack the paint. And if you beat us from the outside, then now it's kind of like they're trying to make adjustments, but they haven't been all year long. So they're not really showing on the pick and roll. And they're not really packing the paint either because now they're giving up dunks. Well, I don't understand what's going on with Bogut because he's just not healthy. He doesn't look he healthy. He doesn't look healthy. He, he doesn't do- look happy. He doesn't look healthy. He doesn't look like he just doesn't look like himself. He doesn't look interested at all. Like there's there was no passion yesterday. Like that first play, long dunking on him set the tone for the whole game. I I think it's as simple as this. He is not healthy. You know, players like Andrew Bogut, he's a warrior, you know, like yeah. he takes pride in in playing injured, playing through injury, things like that. And I think that his age on top of the fact that he's not healthy is really getting in the way of his performance. Yeah, I, it's as I, simple as that. I completely agree. And watching it, obviously, you know, don't have the the technical analysis that you have, but you know, you can see as a as a pundit that he's not coming out on the pick and roll. And then you're getting guys like really good guards that you know, like Trimble, that they can either do a floater not from the free throw line, but two steps past the three throw line, they're not going to miss from there. Or if he comes out a bit further, they just blow by him for the easy layup. It's just, and but it's Bogut and it's coaching because surely you got to be able to make adjustments. Well, in the NBL, you have to have a good point guard to get to the finals. It's as simple as that. I mean, we've got four great point guards playing for these teams that have made, it's no coincidence. You know, Bryce Cotton's the MVP and probably the only time he, the only reason he hasn't been MVP every single year is because of his personality. He's really kind of laid back and a real gentleman. He doesn't boast much, so therefore you kind of forget about him. You're like, I don't know how he can. He's rocking for 40-plus points. He single-handedly has carried Perth, you know, as far as offense is concerned. He hits t- – they run screens for him. They are – he's their motor. You know, he wins games. He hasn't done anything for three quarters, and then all of a sudden those tough shots – that every team is contesting. He shoots tough shots hmm. and gets them going. So, you know, Perth is never out of a game, really. Yeah. Because they understand that Tariqo White's been disappointing because Tariqo White was disappointing last year. He just came alive in the finals, but he hasn't really come alive. And you just can't switch it on like a light switch. So I think that Perth have, Perth are in it because Bryce Cotton's on their team. Sydney is the only team I don't think can win it. Just on they took no momentum going into the finals. They've made really no adjustments. They play like a percentage game. Like they say, all right, the, the percentages are if if we shoot a certain number of threes, the percentages are if I substitute after three minutes, the subs are always the same regardless of 
Who's playing well? Who's hot? Guys are getting shots coming out. It's ridiculous. Don't even get me started on the subs. I'm watching it yesterday, and one minute into the third quarter, they're making changes. I'm like, how the hell are you supposed to get into an offensive rhythm if you're getting subbed off off one minute? You have Jay Sean Tate getting taken out of the game when he's the only guy that's scoring. They're basically just doing ISO plays, jacking up threes. Casper Ware, what is he? One for fourteen now from three point from the three point line. But nobody's even setting screens for him to get into the page or to do anything. It's just, it was a capitulation of team basketball. I was, I was, I was astounded. It was like watching a, a professional team against an amateur team. Well, I'm not going to go that far. I just think that they're struggling. They've been struggling for quite some time, and their talent has allowed them to win games. They have the talent. It's they have the talent. Extremely difficult to beat a team in a three. The playoffs are different. Mm. You know, you can play the percentages and you can. Um, do the numbers and have talent and win basketball games. Um, but in the playoffs, a team just gets to study and they get time to come at you and try different things and change it up. I just don't think the Sydney Kings, you know, you know, you call a timeout, you make adjustments right there. I just don't see the Sydney Kings making any adjustments as the game goes on. Clearly the game is they're taking the ball out of Casper Ware's hands. How good is Ilya? He's been he's been MVP defensively for oh, he's been, for Melbourne he's, United. He's been amazing. He's leading from the front, you know. So you've got to give. Let's give Melbourne United some credit. Absolutely. You know, let's Great not just coaching. talk about how bad Sydney are because they're getting some help as to why they're so po playing so poorly. Because Melbourne United has they had a superior game plan in game one, and they, they had a superior game plan in game two, and. They were stung. They knew that they let that game slip. They came in humble. They came in, you know, with a chip on their shoulder, and they destroyed Sydney. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later in the show. Um, yeah, Dean Vickerman, just incredible coaching. He's winning the coaching duel by far at this stage, even though they lost game one. And I think they lost game one because, you know, things happen in the last five minutes. They, they – went away from their game plan and it was a great comeback by the Kings we're judging the Kings we're judging that um, obviously on one one game they've got two days to turn it around which is a great thing about the playoffs they can put it out of their mind they can start again but in my mind I, I can't see the Kings beating Melbourne unless they make some drastic changes and I think I think the Cairns Wildcats match is going to be an absolute cracker that is that's the match. That's right the match. That whoever wins that wins is winning the NBL for me. To me, that was always the match. That was the of the two semifinals. That was the one that seemed most interesting to me. Yeah. Because I thought those teams were playing the best basketball coming into the finals. Uh, Dean Vickerman did a great job of really getting his team on the same page defensively. I think, like I said, uh, Shaley has really been leading by example, and they have all bought in to to um to their philosophy at the right time and they they sneak in but that cans per series is worth its weight it is worth the price of admission and some and really is i mean because cans because they don't have a whole lot of depth they have had a chemistry that has just been rolling and fun to watch it's a six to seven man lineup cam oliver is a beast oh my god that guy is killing it. And they've got a whole bunch of guys. Nubu. They've got a whole bunch of guys that are, are a nightmare as far as matchups. Yeah. They're, ex they're impossible to stop. Yeah. And you just got to bring it on the offensive end. You got to be able to match them on the scoreboard. You got to try and slow them down and hope that they fold under the pressure of uh, Perth Arena. Simply well, that's that. a, that's the thing. That's the six, they, that's but, a six man for Perth. It but, always is. But they have not been intimidated by that arena all year long. Mike Kelly has – he's owned that matchup, really. Yeah, and they won. They won by 13, 14 points. They crushed them in Perth. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like they don't feel like they can do it. Right now, they're balling. I don't I don't think Cairns care where they play. They play the Staples Center and not be in awe. Yeah. NBL, talk about C Incredible. What um, – I want to talk very quickly, and I'm, I'm sure this is obviously exciting for you. The NBL has just announced a, a new team. Tasmania, um, they're not going with a city. They're going to be calling it Tasmania, which I think is quite quite cool because um, obviously it's a it's a small state. 
I think it's a big moment for the sport. I think you know the NBO is on the rise, and I think it takes it to ten teams now, which is which is amazing. But yeah, what are your thoughts? Obviously, you know, start started back with Hobart way back when. Oh, you know, obviously, I'm super impressed at the fact I was there. I experienced the community. I knew what it meant to the community when I was there. You know, I was a long time ago, and just recently went back to Tassie for a holiday. And boy, don't they do it right as far as tourism is concerned. So I would imagine, you know, I don't know the name. I can't remember the name of that museum that they've got there. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Uh, yeah, it's a little too fancy for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. They had good muffins, bit, though. A bit yeah. too fancy for both of us. But yeah. I know the one. Is it Nida? No. Mm. Mona? Yeah, Mona. We've got uh, Leah's, Leah's, yeah. <laughs> Leah's helping us out, our sound person. So Mona, was it? Yeah. yeah but Mona. I mean, they... They do it so well there, and I'm sure that they're going to take that concept of just really making it as far as entertainment. They're going to um, really do a great job of using one of those luxury boats because it's right. Oh, I know that the Derwent Center was right on the water. I mean, they know how to do it there, and I, I think that you know the interesting thing for that is that AFL don't have a team there. It's crazy. They don't have a team there, they and basketball AFL. just went, all right, NBL, you know, Larry Kesselman. He's a genius, by the way. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. we got to get him on the show. Larry, if you're listening, we want you on Inside Slam ASAP. He has taken, you know, he. I mean, and he's talking about taking over that. Well, he's not talking about WNBL. it. Other people are talking about it. And he's just he said sitting he's, back. He's, he's not o- denying it. He's open to it. He's open to it. He'd so, break it down and he'd make it happen just like he's broken it down and made Tasmania happen. So the so. The NBO, I think, is buying the Derwent Center, I believe, and then they're going to be converting it to a basketball stadium. So it's going to be a great facility. Yeah, it sure is. It's exciting for the league. The league you know, didn't want to expand too quickly, but see Incredible has been happening all, all season long, and it just gets better. But the games get better. The players are better. The highlights, you look at, say maybe you look at highlights of when in the 90s, and then, you know, everybody go crazy over a breakaway dunk. You know, guy, there's there's a dunk every fourth possession, you know, especially with these bigs like Dave Cooks. Just, you know, he picks, he rolls, they throw it up in the air, it's a dunk. You know, it's like, you know, oh, another dunk. Dunks were few and far between I'm back gonna, in the 90s. The I'm, game's so exciting, the, the players are great. Absolutely. I want to make a statement, and I know this is a big statement to watch, but I enjoy, I think, watching the NBL Finals is a better product than watching the NBA in the regular season. Hmm. Why? Why do you? Why would you say that? I just find it more exciting. I think it's it's a the, the defense because obviously the NBA is, is a longer grind, right? Obviously NBA playoffs. I'm not comparing. I'm not comparing that at all. Uh, the NBA is a, the NBA is a grind, so they, these guys can't be bringing it at hundred ball, you know, full on every night. But the NBL when it's the playoffs, I mean, it's physical. These guys are going out at one hundred percent, and it's the shots that they're hitting, I mean, some of the shots Machado and Cotton and these guys are hitting four back threes with a hand in their face. I mean, the, the D is super, super tight. Obviously, the court's a little bit smaller. And I'm really enjoying it. And I was watch, I was comparing it. I was watching the um, Philadelphia Clippers game. And it was a quite a close game. But it just didn't have that that presence, you know. And I just, I'm not obviously comparing postseason to postseason. But the NBL has done a great job in terms of the actual level of play it's just gone up a, a, a different a different level this year in my opinion well i mean the only reason i asked you to describe it because you know i feel very strongly about why the nbl is really gone to another level this year and you think about the professionalism that the league has run with since larry's taken over there's that and then there's you know the fact that it's you can you can entice Australian-born players not to go over to Europe to play here in Australia. That's the biggest key, is keeping our homegrown talent here. And guys are in, opting to stay here instead of, you know, War Giddy's son is going to do that. Josh Giddy, you know, he's, what is he, 17, 17 years old? Played in the Boomer squad. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, like, so... That's a big thing for him not to go over. He's not playing in Europe. He's going to play in the NBL. Oh, yeah. Huge. I mean, turning down a major... Schools like Arizona and Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky, you know, players are opting to do that now. And, you know, Harry Frawling, you know, he was playing at SMU and Marquette and he decides, no, I want to come back here and play college ball. I mean, not and not play college ball, to play here professionally. 
Um, and so it's kind of got a unique, there's a sense of urgency because there's less games. There's a sense of pride because you're representing, you know, a city, the city gets behind you. Um, you have professional players, you have young players that op opted not to go to college. And you think about it, the final four, you know, March Madness, more people watch that than the NBA. They just are religious about it. I think we're like a combination of great college basketball tournament to NBA regular season. Yeah, I, I can understand why you would say that. Yeah, I mean, that's it's just exciting to me because <clears throat> I think being an Australian, there's always been that sense of pride in, in what we do. And obviously, we haven't had that product for a long time. Early 2000s, probably, you know, probably 05 to about early, probably 2015, the product wasn't really there. All of our good players were going and it comes again, but I, and I know we've mentioned his name a few times, Larry Kelselman. He's, he's turned the game around. They've got some great sponsors in play. They've got great, I think the move, the move to go to three imports was a massive decision from two to three. Huge. I think that it was a massive game changer. And yeah, the NBL is just in a great place at, at the moment. So, I mean, I can't say anything. Uh, I mean, obviously, people can tell I'm pretty excited about the NBL um, at the moment. I just hope they take it to the next level next year. And, um, you know, we start, you know, we, we, there's talk of Matthew Delavadova coming back. If they can keep c continuing on this wave of, um, of, of growth, then, you know, these TV deals will start getting bigger. And I think that's when the more money is going to come in, which means more money for the players. Matthew Delavadova is a good player. He is. I mean, he's he has proven himself, you know, with Cleveland. He's did a great job on Steph Curry. I remember that. But if he came and played in the NBL, he wouldn't dominate. No, he wouldn't dominate. The guard play in the NBL is off the chart. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he he would find it very very difficult to guard a guy like Bryce Cotton or Machado those, or Casper Ware. See, those guys are superstars. Matthew Delavadova is a role player. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let's switch gears. I know yeah. it's. I know that was that was that was a great NBL chat. I mean, we're almost taking up half the podcast talking about NBL. That just yeah. shows how much the, how well the NBL is going. But I do love. Is a, that how they gauge it? Our show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you've been been reading about it, but it's. I find it quite funny. This whole Giannis versus Harden kind of feud that's starting to take place out in the media. So I. Not sure if you're aware. It first started when Giannis obviously was picking his NBA All-Star squad, and James Harden was left on the board, Kemba Walker was left on the board, and Trey Young was left on the board. And Giannis goes, "Oh, I'm gonna go with a guy that I want to pass the ball." And Charles Barkley goes, "Oh, you don't want the dribbler," which meaning James Harden. So he ended up going with uh, Kemba Walker, and then. James Harden came back saying, well, I average more assists than, than Kemba in, this, in an interview that he had on ESPN. And then he he also followed that up going, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, I wish I could be seven foot tall and didn't have any school and could just dunk on anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next game, Giannis comes out, there's 31 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists in 25 minutes. So there's this back and forth. I mean, obviously, they're both MVPs. I will say this. Actually, I, I won't say this. I'm going to ask you, who would you prefer to have on your team? Giannis. Oh, simply because he does more. You know, he, he is seven foot and agile and can get to the rim and block shots and rebound. He He's, I, I think that right now, if you had to pick one player to build your team around, you'd pick him. I mean, I'm a LeBron James fan. Um, but I got to say right now, he's younger, he's longer, he's extremely versatile and he's got a chip on his shoulder. I love guys with a chip on their shoulder. Got something to prove. I love it. I love how you're just describing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't even have to think about that one and no disrespect to, I'm not a massive James Harden fan, but I, I respect him, you know, just like I wasn't a massive Kobe Bryant fan, you know, and just gutted by, you know, and, and just admired, you know, him and re respected him like you wouldn't believe. But I just, I, I didn't like his mentality of how he was a leader. I was more of a Magic Johnson fan, you yeah. know, so it wasn't like I disliked him. I just, people say, oh, you know, is Kobe the, the greatest player ever? I would say, not to me. You know, I prefer more 
of a guy that leads by example and inspires his teams to play. You know, I thought he was always a bit hard on his on his teammates. Yeah. So no disrespect to James Harden. I just I think Giannis is the guy that offers. I don't know if anybody's offered that much the way he in in heaven forbid the guy gets a three point shot, then forget it. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this. Um, I'll ask you this. So obviously you've you've gone for Harden. Uh, sorry, you've gone for oh, Giannis. easy there. Okay. Sorry. No, no. You've gone for Giannis being obviously the player that you want over Harden. I will agree with that. Last five minutes of a game, who do you want? You mean, oh, maybe like the last possession, I'd go Harden. Hmm. But the last five minutes, he could, Giannis could get you a block, he'd get you a steal, he'd get you, you know, get a guy to change his shot, um, I think drive the, the length of the court. Yeah, I'd still go with Giannis. The reason why I asked that is that I think uh, Max Kellerman made a really good point. He's like, James Harden is a scorer. He is one of the best scorers in the league. I think he's the second best scorer in the league behind Durant. Obviously, with Durant out injured, I think he's the best scorer. But he hasn't done it in the playoffs. Yeah, He has not done it in the playoffs. But obviously, you know, Giannis hasn't done it in the playoffs massively. Obviously, they got beat. Everyone thought they were up in that series last year against Toronto. And everybody thought they were going to beat them and go to the Eastern Conference Finals. But Toronto came back and won. And They Ka- made some serious adjustments. Kawhi shut him down. And they're coached well. Yeah. Look at them this year. Oh my no Kawhi. Still winning. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Nick Nurse. Great coach. Yeah. Great coach. So, yeah, I, I take Giannis as well. I understand the point that uh, James Harden was trying to make because he has to make his own shot because he's obviously not seven feet. He can't take three big steps and bang, dunk it on someone. So he's got to be skillful with the, with the ball. And I, he's one of the best ball handlers in the game, if not the best. So, yeah, I'm putting him in that upper echelon of, you know, guards that can dribble, guards that can um, create their own shot, and guys that can score. I think he's the best scorer in the league. A very good friend of mine, Phil, uh, who I play basketball with every week, um, he bas- and he said something to me that I was like, this is exactly true. He's basically Joe Johnson with a license to shoot. Uh, I, I respect Joe Johnson, but I think James Harden's one of the – I'm just trying to think of somebody other than Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and James Harden are – the the top three scores I've ever seen. What about Durant? Well, yeah, yeah, him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I would agree. I mean, the fact that he went to, oh, you know, what? Tracy McGrady. Yeah. No, 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 not Tracy McGrady. You know, I he was he he didn't do it as consistently with the game on the line. I mean, James Harden. The guy can score. He can score. The guy can score. I've I've never seen a guy just lethal with that size, turn the corner, dunk, floater, up and under. The, the step back is a thing of beauty. That step back oh three. That yeah. is unguardable. That is unguardable. And that leads me into a, you know, the next point I want to talk about, which is the Rockets. And we were I think you and I were we were laughing a couple of weeks ago about the fact that their tallest player is like six foot seven and they've got a starting lineup of James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Eric Gordon, uh, Robert Covington, and PJ Tucker. That's their starting five. James Harden is is the guy that's doing the tip-offs. And they won seven of eight. They had a great win on the road against Boston. I don't know if you saw that game. It was incredible. Uh, and then weirdly, uh, they lost against the Knicks yesterday. But they've been on a roll. And it's funny because now Westbrook has become the the guy that's kind of taking control and hard they're not hard is not trying to do too much yeah i mean i've always been a fa- um i've always been a fan of westbrook's passion but i've never thought that he was the guy that's going to be able to kind of take a team to a championship and now the way they're playing they're starting to change a few people's minds i still don't think they're getting past the second round of the playoffs but they're rolling every time i try and think about houston being good i think of that one play phase where russell westbrook Tried to dribble through the entire team twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a talent. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anybody more explosive than him. And I'm talking, I'm putting Michael Jordan in that class too. I mean, he would just blow by people without even making a move. His explosion. I mean, I don't know how old he is, but he's, he doesn't look old. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, he's not what he used to be. Oh. Man, I mean, I, he went to the Rockets. What an appropriate nickname for somebody like that. Yeah. You know, he takes off with the explosion of a rocket. I mean, 
And whenever a team changes their philosophy, I remember Mike D'Antoni went was went with Steve Nash, and they were doing, they were going about their offense, eight second offense. Oh yeah, and they were fun to watch, and people couldn't stop it. And then they're like, "Oh, you can't play that ball in the playoffs." And the same thing, people talking about NFL. Oh, those athletic quarterbacks can only get you so far. You need the traditional passer. The game evolves. Everyone's always looking for, um, you know. I, I'm not going to beat Tom Brady with a traditional quarterback, you know, so they find a different way. You know, I'm not going to beat Golden State with the dribble, penetrate, and shoot. They don't, they've got the shooters Durant, Curry, Thompson, you know, like the Splash Brothers plus Kevin Durant, one of the greatest scorers ever. Um, we're not going to, we're going to find another way to beat you. And I, I think that's what Houston's done. They're like, you know, they've done all the math. They see what they're like when they're playing small ball, and then they're just like, well, why don't we play small ball all the time? And so that's working. You know, teams don't have an answer for it yet. Not yet. I but think they will. They will. I think by the playoffs, they're, they're going to figure it out. Um, but it's, hey, I like, I like getting proven wrong, not often, but, you know, the Rockets are definitely proving me wrong at the moment. But my, my. But don't you love that about sport? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Like, it's. From one week to the next, like your opinion can change on someone. If someone can go, oh, I didn't think that guy had heart, and bang, you know, he steps up in the fourth quarter, hits a game winner, and or plays injured, and it's just, it's just these total these narratives are always being rewritten. Yeah, I enjoy when we do podcasts, and when I was doing the NBL call and shows, I enjoy the conversations. You know, so I don't have to be right. You know, rarely. Do, oh yeah, remember when I said I was. Right? I just love the chats about why someone thinks the Rockets are good or why they think the Rockets are bad or why they think the Sydney Kings aren't going to pull it out in game three and turn it around. But if the Sydney Kings do and play magnificently, hats off to Will Weaver and hats off to the Sydney Kings. That's what I love about sport. I love that it's so unpredictable. And the passion behind everyone's argument. It's so funny. You can get into there's two things you can get into really heated arguments about. One is first one is politics, second one is sport, because everyone thinks that they're right, but doesn't have to be right. They're just like, well, this is my opinion, but everyone's so passionate about that opinion, and then well, and then you can you can be changed. It's like politics. You're if somebody has a really good argument on the other side, you can actually okay, yeah, I accept that, all that sort of stuff. So it's really interesting that that those two are. Yeah, I think it's it's fun. It's very, yeah. very fun. You know, I mean, you're an idiot for thinking that. I'm like, okay, well, why, why do you think I'm an idiot? Yeah. yeah. Let's have the chat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm up for it. Exactly. An interesting, so a very, bit of an interesting uh, segment I saw a few weeks ago. I mean, this is, and this comes up all the time, but Ben Affleck, they had him on uh, first take and uh, – He's, you know, it was he was looking good. The plastic surgery looked like it'd been dialed down a little bit, or the Botox, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> these are the, these are the, these are the things I noticed. But have you, have you ever had any plastic surgery? Do I look like I've had plastic surgery? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever considered it? Uh, Be honest. <laughs> I have not considered having plastic surgery okay. ever. I have had. Botox once. Oh my! Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So right. my my uh, one of my ex partners, she uh, she needed a, a helping hand. So I went with her once, and I I just didn't understand. I looked exactly the same afterwards. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing. I didn't. How much was it? So it was a couple hundred bucks. But they really? you can. How often do you have to have it? Oh, they say every three months or so. I only got it done once, which is probably why nothing ever. <laughs> nothing okay. nothing on my, my about my face changed but for some reason they said i don't know why we're talking about this but they, they said i had a heavy forehead <laughs> which means i can't get it done in my forehead so like yeah <laughs> i only got it done around my eyes or something uh, what what were we talking about uh, why, where, how are we on this yeah, topic i know uh what about you no yeah nothing no no calf implants. Like. No. <laughs> Johnny drama. Johnny drama. <laughs> I watched that whole, that, I watched so eight funny. seasons in two weekends. How, I, I was can, so addicted to that show. I can, I could, but I can go back and watch, rewatch them again. Oh yeah, I would. Yeah. The, <laughs> the calf implants is the best. <laughs> was it, it was Lamar, I think it was talking to Lamar Odom. 
about it as yeah. well. Was, that was so funny. Yeah. Um, where were we? Oh, we were talking about, okay, top five. Actually, just go top three. Your top three sporting movies of all time. My, You know, my sporting movies, I really like how baseball do it. Okay. You yep. know, 42. I'm just going to throw some ones out there, and then I, maybe I can come yeah, up with okay. my top three. 42, The Natural. The Natural. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, man. Robert Redford. Oh, yeah. What a movie that was. For the love of the game. Yep. I love that one. Yeah. It was a love story. You know, I get a little romantic sometimes. Um, <laughs> it always comes It always comes this? out once a podcast. You start yeah. getting romantic. Major League. How funny is that? That is funny. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Man. That, T- oh, yeah. man. I think this, all the, they all have like little different ways of being funny and being sentimental. Usually the the football one is a bit a bit more sentimental, but I, I mean, Happy Gilmore for me is that's hilarious. Yeah. That's a funny sports movie. Tin Cup with Kevin Costner, yeah, great movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know you got how about basketball movies? My favorite ones Hoosier with Gene Hackman. Ooh, yeah, great. You know it was, it was a it was a good basketball. Movie. At least they got guys that could play. They had actors that could play. I always wonder about, when above, they do a sporting movie. Yeah, I, that was okay. Um, when they, I always wonder why they don't have people that can play because often those roles aren't speaking roles. So surely they could just get a basketball player that can catch, you know, I hate when, when they get actors that have never played and they don't have a speaking role, you know, when somebody's never played and you can tell the way they grab the ball that they've never played, they do this thing where they throw it from one hand to the other. That's you can, you know, Hey, you know, three pointer. And they say something stupid like that. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, Coach Carter's not bad. I uh, am. Yeah. yeah, Coach Carter's good. Um, yeah, above the rim. So, what are your favorite three? All right, top three. Okay, number. Can it be any sport? Any sport. Okay. So I, I, I gotta go. My. F- all right, my all. I'm not gonna give him one to three order, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give you my Return of the Titans. Oh, wow. Good one. Man, I'm jealous. I didn't say that. Second one, Any Given Sunday. Oh, two football movies. Third one, Tin Cup. Nice. What do you got? I'm going to say 42, Jackie Robinson. That guy's a great actor. You see him play James Brown? No. Oh, oh man, you got to watch that. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's so good in that one. That's a recent one. Yeah. What's his name? Black Panther. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot his name. Yeah. But yeah, he's it was great. He's very cool. And yeah. Harrison Ford was in that movie. Yes. Yeah, forty two. Yep. Um That's up there. That's that's up there. Yeah. Hoosier, like I said before. Gene Hackman and um who's the other guy in it? Um he was in um Lowrider. Um, uh, with Jack Nicholas Jack Nicholson. Can't remember. Anyway, um, I got one more and a football movie. Um, Ernie Davis, the one about Ernie Davis. Ernie Davis. He was a Heisman Trophy winner that you know died of cancer. He had cancer. Um, it, the Express? Yes. Yeah. The Express. That was really good. There's- Probably ones that I remember as a kid hearing about it, you know, hearing about his death. Um, uh, Jackie Robinson... So Hughes just, had Dennis Hopper in it. Yes, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. So probably my favorite of all those movies is Forty Two. Um, there's, so, there's just so was, many. There, I know. I, I'm like I've I've, so I've, well. I've just said three, and then in ten minutes I'll, I'll I'll be like, oh, I forgot this one, or I forgot that one. Like Rudy was a great movie, but I still I like Any Given Sunday because it yeah. it had everything. It had Lawrence Taylor in it. It had. Al Pacino and I had Cameron Diaz and you saw the the, the we fight for every inch yeah but you you saw ugly side of sports yeah and then you saw like you it wasn't sugar coated at all it was uh, um you know just an incredible movie to watch so you know the the feel good ones you know obviously um you know the titans yeah that's that's all, that's right up there for me. Yeah, for me, I know we got to wrap this up, but for for me, Jackie Robinson, forty two. Remember just, the Titans. It was so significant in sport. Probably the most significant player in sport that broke, you know, that barrier. Yeah, and then it just became, you know, the best players in the world 
you know, it, it slowly turned into that. Yeah, absolutely. I think I said Return of the Titans. Remember the Titans. I've just had a brain, absolute brain fart. But yeah, we could probably talk about a whole um, hour about um, different movies and sports. And I think they're always going to go hand in hand. And yeah, it's always going to be a, a winner when they make a, you know, a movie about sport, even if it's a funny one like, you know, Happy Gilmore or Space Jam or something like that. But Caddyshack. Caddyshack. They're just hilarious movies. <laughs> How good is Caddyshack? <laughs> Bill Murray's part in that. It's class. Bill Murray is just in every movie. <laughs> what's your favorite? Okay, what's your favorite Bill Murray movie? How funny was he in Zombieland? <laughs> <laughs> he was awesome in Zombieland. You know yeah. what I love him in? What about Bob? <laughs> That's your favorite one? Yeah. My what, favorite one. Oh, and, um, and Stripes. Oh, oh yeah. and Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Groundhog. That's my favorite Bill Groundhog Murray movie. Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those three. Those those are the big three for me. How about the meaning of that movie? You know, he he worked on himself. That's a great movie. Yeah, it is. You know, he just it was funny, but you know the the message is what's the guy's to name? Work on yourself. What's the guy's name that uh, he always said hello to in the morning? Can you remember that? <laughs> the insurance sales. The insurance side. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I, I, oh, I'm okay. asking. Oh, okay. I, I think, I think, I don't know if Liam, maybe Lee might know. I think it was Ned Ryerson. Yes. Good call. Nice. Good yeah. pickup. I could yeah. see you reaching for that. Yeah. Ned and then it Ned clicked. Ned Ryerson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well done. But yeah, well that done. whole movie. And that, yeah, and he, I love how he went down to different angles. He was like, he tried to impress the girl by knowing everything and that that, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, what, what am I doing? And then he became a an expert ice sculptor. <laughs> that was all that sort concert of concert pianist. Concert pianist tried to save the guy, the homeless guy's life, like a million times. No matter what he did, he always died. <laughs> Such a good movie. Such yeah. a good movie. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we got a couple of a couple of little um, things to do to finish off the podcast. So we've got our new segment, uh, which is our man of many, man of the week. So. Guys, just so you know, Man of Many, one of the best websites out there in Australia. It's all about tech, fashion, rides, lifestyle, entertainment. It's your website for everything if you're a man. Um, They've got a couple of great articles. I was actually reading them today before I came onto the pod. 35 best board games if you're an adult, must-see movie trailers. I mean, these guys come up with something different every single day. So if you're into your fitness or you're into your pop culture or if you're into, you know, what new gadget to get, make sure you go to manofmany.com and also check out check them out on socials as well. But Steve, you're man of many, man of the week. I am. Oh, I thought you were giving me the award. Oh, you. Ladies and gentlemen, the man of many, man of the week, Steve Carfino. I was like, thank you. Evan. That's my Runny O voice. I'm Get only... louder. <laughs> I was thinking, wow, that's that's really nice of you. <laughs> Get... Who votes for that? Uh, oh, you go first. You go first. Okay, uh, my man of many, man of the week, is Dean Vickerman coach of Melbourne United. I think he's done an incredible job. I know it's the series is only 1-1, but he has done an absolutely sensational job um, coaching Melbourne United these first two games. They should have won game one. They destroyed the Kings in game two. I'm a huge Kings fan, so obviously it was very hard to watch. But yeah, to uh, to lead a team into the finals that probably weren't the hottest team, uh, Cairns and Perth were the two hottest teams coming in. And to really make the Kings, who have been leading the the ladder all year, really look second rate in two um, in two finals games, for me that's great coaching. And uh, yeah, he's my man of many, man of the week. I'm gonna go for Larry Kesselman. I think that um, you know the great news of of uh, him getting basketball at the NBL into Tasmania. Clearly, you know, inspirational and and getting that over the line. Uh, the vision that he's had for this league, you know, dating back when when he took the league over, it was you know it was really it was really really ready to fold, you know, it was in that bad of a state. It could really. have folded. It it could have. There could be absolutely no domestic league in Australia. There's NBL one for the development of young players here, um, looking at doing the taking over the WNBL. 
Um, I mean, it's a disgrace how, you know, you sit down to watch the live stream and it doesn't work. You know, this is the national league. These girls play at the Olympic games and we sit down to, there to watch them and, and then it just doesn't work. That's just not acceptable. Absolutely. So, I mean, he's going to do for the WNBL what he's done for the NBA. I mean, the NBL. I mean, we have preseason games against NBA teams. No other league in the world does that. You know, and so, yeah. Larry Kessler. He's my man. Larry Kessler. Well, Larry, like we said earlier, we hope you're listening and we'd love to have you on the show. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's two. I like how we've we've gone away from the NBA this week. We've got two, you know, homegrown guys we're talking about the nbo which is really really exciting i know there's been a lot of chat this week about zion williamson in the nba obviously i mean he's rolling at the moment he's been absolutely incredible but i wanted this podcast to be more about what's happening in in the nbo and we can you know we can always get into zion next week maybe the, maybe the last one to finish we'll finish on uh, a little bit of nba and it's something that I, I talked to you about before we went to air but hey before you say that who do you think is going to win the nbo okay i think My my heart heart says Cairns, but I, my head says Perth. That's what I'm saying. My heart says Sydney Kings. Uh, you know, I hope they pull off. They completely turn it around. I'm hoping for one of those. It's not a miracle, for goodness sake. They were they led the competition from start to finish. They've got the talent. Um, I thought we going. I thought we were going game for game. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, oh, right. I, yeah, because obviously I'm a, a Kings fan, but yeah. yeah. Um, I thought I thought you mentioned. No, I mean win it all. Oh, win it all. Yeah. Okay. Wouldn't that be great if Cans won it all? It would be great. Oh my goodness. Obviously, yeah. One, they could. The order that I want to win, I'm, I'm sorry for our Melbourne viewers, is Sydney, Cairns, Perth, Melbourne. I love Melbourne as a city, but obviously I'm from Sydney, so I got to. What's go the, the order that you think? But what order do you think they are as far as the best team to at, win it at and the, the least likely to win it? Perth one. Cairns two, Melbourne three, Sydney four. Okay, I agree. Yeah. So, but I, I, I just, I can't see. I, I think whoever wins the Perth Cairns series wins it all. But and, and I think I got, I, I'm going to say Perth by three points in, uh, in the game three. Man, I think if Melbourne United get past Sydney, why wouldn't they be on the type of role that could win a championship? I think that there are three teams that can win it right now, and it's not the Kings. <laughs> Just because they're just not playing well. Yeah. You know, the other three teams are playing well. They are. They are. Well. Okay, so yeah. now you can say what you want. All right. The last thing I want to say is that, I, we'll, and we are going to talk about Zion next week, because, uh, I mean, the NBA is in a great position at the moment with these young players coming through, Ja Morant, Zion Williamson, Trey Young, etc. But let's look at who is who do you think is the best player now, 21 and under? Devin Booker. He's only tw- he's only twenty one. Yeah, is I he? Think so have a look. He's twenty three. Oh damn. Okay. I tell you what, this is what we're gonna do. We're not gonna announce it this week, guys. Next week we're gonna talk about our best players twenty one and under. We're gonna have a big think about it. So I'm gonna throw out some names for our listeners out there. So guys that are twenty one and under, we've got R. J. Barrett. We've got Luka Doncic, we've got Ja Morant, we've got Trey Young, and we've got Zion Williamson. So we're going to leave that with you guys this week because we're, we're just running out of out of time here. But that's what we're going to talk about next week because, I mean, we can talk – I can talk 15, 20 minutes about all those guys. Oh, yeah. So – and I, I don't want to – Trey Young's getting buckets, isn't he? Hey, man, this is a guy that he shot an air ball in his first uh, summer league game and like, oh, he's a bust. Second year All Star, uh, he made Trevor Ariza look a bit silly yesterday. You see that? No. He tried to um, dribble it through his legs, and Trevor Ariza just basically shoved him out the way. Got flagrant foul. He said, <laughs> "Don't you be doing that on me, young buck." Oh yeah, don't embarrass me. Don't embarrass me now. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll talk about uh, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit next week. But because we always have to finish, we got a few minutes left, and we're always got to finish with a "Who am I." So we're going to finish with the Who Am I. All right, Steve. You've been rolling. You've been rolling with your Who Am I's. <laughs> Guys, right. if you're listening now, make sure you play along. So this week's Who Am I. 
was born November 18th, 1975. Okay. Oh, a young fella. Okay. So he's 44 now. Okay. He uh, went to high school in DuPont. Where's DuPont? In Bell, West Virginia. Okay. Uh, went to college, uh, two colleges, Marshall and Florida. He was drafted in 1998, seventh overall pick. He's from DuPont, Florida. No, he's from he's from DuPont, West Virginia. Right. Went to college in Marshall and Florida. 1998 was the first was the uh, seventh overall pick by the Sacramento Kings. Oh, okay. It's uh it's uh, uh Jason Williams. How? Yeah. <laughs> Cuz DuPont High School it, I thought the Sacramento Kings might have given it away, but I was going to say it before the Sacramento Kings. When you said DuPont High School, okay, that's where uh, him and the receiver played high school ball together. Um, Randy oh, Moss. Oh, really? Yeah. They're high school teammates. No. Yeah. Look it up. Really? Yeah. In DuPont? Yeah. In, in West Virginia? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. That's yeah. okay. I just happened to see like a- A 30 uh, for 30. And I followed Jason Williams on Instagram. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's 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 what that's an all time. Okay, so you would have got it before I said Sacramento. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, one of my favorite players ever to watch. Oh yeah, that guy could ball, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> you would have loved him. But being an ex point guard, seeing the sort of stuff he did. Now, now be honest with me. Do you, do you get a little bit extra kick because he's a white guy doing all that? Because he reminds me of myself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just cool to see I, I love seeing a you know a really you know a really a white point guard basically playing like a black guy yeah and i don't well, think you really, I, I don't you think really were honest on that one weren't you yeah i don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with that because a no. lot of a lot of the white guys are, are shooters or pass first but you know john stockton never played the way jason williams played yeah you know what i mean you ever heard jason williams talk yeah, he he's does, straight up ghetto. He's straight up ghetto, and yeah. he he knows that. Yeah, so but he's not he's not making it up. Yeah, no, exactly. He's true to who he is. <laughs> um, we've got to get this one on one game. So I've I've got a slight injury. I did had a bit of an MCL strain last week, but guys, the one on one it's going to be coming to our social soon. Goldback versus Carfino. It's going to be happening in the next couple of weeks. I promise you that. Uh, that's another episode of Inside Slam. Thank you guys so much for your support as always. If you're not following us on Instagram, make sure you go to Inside Slam, click the follow button, and we are going to be also coming to YouTube very soon as well. So look out for that. And make sure you follow Global Story Network. This whole episode and this whole production is brought to you by Global Story Network. So check them out on all your socials, and we will see you next week. <laughs>